Live and local across the city and South Cambridgeshire. This is Glenn Jones. Cambridge 105 Radio. I think my spiders have decided to become vegetarians. I don't know about you, but I really don't like killing anything that comes to live with me. So the spider that's been living beside my bed and the spider that's been living behind the piano have been more than welcome all through the year. This past week, though, I must have seen four or five flies, which set me thinking, are Cambridge's spiders full or... Maybe they've gone vegetarian. Paul Hetherington's from Bug Life. Afternoon, Paul. Good afternoon. Tell me this can't be true, Paul. Spiders can't suddenly decide to become vegetarian, can they? Well, why aren't my flies getting eaten? Well, you say that, but there are a few spiders that are what we would call omnivores, and there are a few that actually eat pollen. Um, most importantly, many jumping spiders are pollen eaters, so they carry out an amount of pollination and... Um, Perhaps the most famous of them is called Bagheera Kiplingi, named after the Jungle Book, um, which predominantly eats pollen rather than insects. So it, it is possible for spiders to be almost vegetarian. That's so interesting. I mean, I was sitting here thinking the spiders can't possibly be vegetarian, but you're telling me that some spiders are. My spiders were quite happily eating flies earlier in the year, though. They, they don't suddenly go vegetarian, do they? No, no. I mean, yeah, there are only a few specific species that are uh, omnivores verging towards vegetarian. The majority of spiders are uh, truly carnivores and only really eat other insects and other spiders. Now, Nev on social media has suggested that they may have gone on holiday. I don't know if they could have booked it on the web or something. I've always (laughs) seen the spiders in my house as my little friends, but do they have a home, as it were? And do they sort of travel away from it, as Nev suggests? So the the bulk of spiders that you have in your home live in your home their entire lives. And a lot of the time you won't see them because they'll be living in attic spaces and on the floorboards and behind skirting boards. And then this time of year, you tend to notice them around a lot more. And that's because this is mating time and they have to come out and put on displays to find a mate. Uh, You do get a number that will migrate in more as well, though, because of course it's also harvest time. So if you're in a where you've got fields that might be cut then spiders have lost their natural outside home and a number of those dispossessed spiders may move into garages sheds or even into your house but in general uh, house spiders and house dwelling spiders are very different to the ones you find outside like the, the lovely orb weavers and the garden cross spiders that you'll find in the garden that make these fantastic webs that are covered in dew at this sort of time of year now they don't generally come into your house so it's a very different type of spider that you'll find in the house that's interesting because i've been seeing these spiders in my house all throughout the year and i've just let them be really but you're saying that i might actually attract more because i live in camborne we're surrounded by fields so obviously when they cut those fields the spiders have got to go somewhere yeah, because they've lost their natural habitat and also they've often lost the ground cover that will be there. So they've got no shelter for the winter. So they're going to have to try and find somewhere else to overwinter. And and your home, particularly if it's an, an older home, so it's more permeable, is probably going to be quite a delight to them, particularly if you've got so attic space or you know if you've got a very old home, you might have a cellar. And I mean, there are a lot of our 
spiders that you'll now find in places like cellars that were originally cave-dwelling spiders. And, of course, they've taken to cellars as being very similar to caves. I can imagine that would be quite pleasant. Well, go and live in the, go and live in the cellar for the winter. Are spiders happy in our homes or are they just making do? What does a spider actually need to live a good spidery life? Can a house be truly spider-friendly? Yeah, I mean, houses can be very spider-friendly because on the whole, they're relatively short on predators in houses. Now, okay, you know, people will have the odd cat and maybe even dog that might eat the odd spider, but you're not getting the bulk of the predators in a house that you will do outside, like, you know, birds that are flying around and then picking them up and eating them. And, and a lot of the small um, you know, mammals like mice and so on would also be, you know, partial to the odd spider. But in your house, generally speaking, you're not going to get those kinds of creatures so it's a lot safer for them if you like in the house and again the temperature is generally well regulated whereas if you're outside you're going to have to deal with real cold in winter and real heat in summer houses tend to stay at a more ambient temperature so again you've got better conditions but of course what you do need is a constant supply of food and generally speaking certainly in the summer and spring and autumn there's far more food flying around outside than there is in your house because you try and keep that kind of food out of your house but of course some of it comes in and that's what they eat Absolutely, and I've been seeing plenty of flies this week, as I mentioned. While I'm waiting for some new spiders to move in, I feel a bit silly asking you this, but I imagine that you might come at this from a similar direction as me. I hate killing things. What can I actually do with the flies that I see without killing or upsetting them while I'm waiting for some more spiders to come in and enjoy them for dinner? Well, there are certain herbs and things that the smell of them, uh, flies don't particularly like. So it's likely to make them want to clear off out of the place. Things like wormwood, uh, they don't tend to like. They often don't also like sort of lemon type smells. So there are a number of different sort of, you know, scents and things you could bring in or potted plants that will make it less pleasant for a fly to be around. And that was me thinking that they'd come in with my potted plants. Maybe my potted plants are a key to keeping them at bay for a while. I'm just wondering, Paul, I mean, I've got a copy of today's Mirror in front of me here. Page 13, there's an article about butterfly numbers falling to their lowest level this summer since an annual survey began 13 years ago. And I'm thinking, we all get sad when we see a decline in numbers of butterflies, but... Can we be guilty of sort of giving certain little animals preference over others? I, I think, unfortunately, that's very much the case. The ones that look particularly beautiful, we tend to like and, and miss when they're not around. Whereas others and spiders, sadly, generally fall into this bracket. People are a little bit uh, wary of them, a little bit frightened of them, and they probably don't mind that numbers are declining. And yet it's things like spiders that are really, really important to our existence and continued existence on this planet because the things that they eat are things that tend to spread lots of diseases to us. So they have a very, very important role to play. But then so do flies, which of course they eat because without flies um, and, and some of the other things like dung beetles, uh, all of that horrible stuff that happens outside would never get cleared up. You know, I mean, you know, people complain about dog poo around the place. Well, imagine if we didn't have the flies and the dung beetles getting rid of it, how bad things would be out there now. 
You make a really interesting point. All these little creatures, even the ones we might find a bit scary, are actually doing us a favour, aren't they? Exactly. I mean, even midges actually have a purpose because midges are the sole um, pollinators for cocoa plants, which, of course, is where we get chocolate from. So without midges, we wouldn't have chocolate. Now, obviously, our Scottish midges are not um, you know, fertilising chocolate at the moment. But the point is, it's midges that fertilise chocolate. So all of these things have a benefit to us, as well as being very much part of a food chain. And an obvious one to talk about when we're talking about spiders is the, the daddy long legs or crane fly which um you know again people are very very wary of uh, and it you know it actually only lasts 24 hours and when it dies it provides a bumper food source at this time of year for small mammals for amphibians and for fish to gobble up and fatten themselves up ahead of the cold winter you know what paul I never thought I'd be sitting here thinking, I'm really thankful we've got midges, but, I mean, if without midges we didn't have chocolate, then thank you very much, midges, you can come round my house. Seriously, though, we can't say, oh, come round my house to all of these insects. How can we create a better world for them to live in without sort of making a pest of them, as it were? So we really need to think about what we do. We need to put away our pesticides, put away our fly sprays, learn to live with them. We need to learn to be a little bit untidy outdoors so we leave places where they can live. And we also need to consider things like light pollution not pouring lights out of our house whenever they're on. So draw the curtains so you're not polluting the outside world with things like light. So it's just really bearing in mind the stuff that we do that can have an impact and try and reduce that impact. It's absolutely fascinating to chat to you this afternoon. Paul Hetherington there from Bug Life. I understand you're based reasonably locally as well, just up the A1 in Peterborough. How can we find out more about looking after the world around us? So if you go onto the website, uh, buglife.org.uk, there's a wealth of information there about things you can do in your home, in your garden, and things that are being done on a larger scale all around the country. And you'll also find out a lot of information about individual bugs.